Yo, I'm tired of this, man. I'm tired of it. Alright, yo, tell me how you feel. Yo, son, check the fly, son. What's up, cousin? What you, how you doing? Yo, baby, check it, man. I got this new podcast idea. For real, man. F*** all this 24 episodes about weird-ass movie man. No doubt, no doubt. My man got it out of state for 15. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, f*** all of this podcast You know, like, we gotta move, dog. We gotta move. We gotta migrate. We gotta get the f*** out of Cincinnati. Bounce, man. And start with bigger and better No more motherfucking podcasts about weird-ass Japanese movies. You know what I'm saying? When you waiting. You know what I mean? You know, it's a pot of gold right here. You know, this is it. This is glory. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, the first thing we gotta do, man, you know, with this cream when we get it, because, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta build, because I'm not trying to be just sitting on some motherfucking 200,000 and acting like I'm just a podcaster all my life. I got bigger and better plans, son. You know, you know what I'm saying? We gotta move on, man. And you know, you know I be f***ing with anybody, man, son. So as long as the love and trust is there, we gonna grow, God. We gonna grow. You know what I'm saying? We gonna grow like a plant. Let's not think like we gonna be stagnating, man. Let's keep moving ahead, man. Keep our head up, man. Take care of our families, man. And let's build a new mutual aberration society, man. We're off to a great start. Yeah, welcome back to MAS. Um, today I'm going to be talking about a film that it's going to be an interesting one um, to talk about. I mean, I know I say that all the time, literally every episode, um, that something is going to be interesting to talk about. I mean, but that's the point of having a podcast like Mutual Aberration Society is to talk about things that I, the host, find interesting. Um, uh, sometimes with guests, sometimes dolo, like now. Um, and that movie uh, is called Calamity of Snakes uh, from 1982. Now, uh, Calamity of S- Snakes uh, is directed by William Chung K. Uh, who is a, I believe, it's a Taiwan, it's a Taiwanese film, as in it was shot in Taiwan. Um, and it's a notorious uh, film in sort of cult circles uh, because, uh, I'm just going to get this out the way uh, right off the top, uh, They the movie is known for its uh, animal cruelty. Um, there is a, a literal... Uh, killing of snakes um on film um a lot of killing of snakes not a little bit um it's no exaggeration when i tell you um it's a lot uh they kill a lot of snakes in this movie um so much so that it makes you feel bad watching it um 
and I said this in my letterboxed review, which is, uh, it takes, you know, you know that, um, a movie's gone too far, uh, when you actually start to, uh, empathize with a snake. <laughs> I mean, a snake, when you think about a snake, right? Um, it's this, you know, black eyed, uh, slithering reptile that's got poisonous venom. Most of them, um, um, sharp fangs and everything about it is so alien and non-human. Um, but the level of snake murder and calamity of snakes is to such a degree that, uh, it is downright uncomfortable to watch. And honestly, it's going to be weird because it's not defensible. Um, uh, you know, cruelty to animals on film is in, is it's, there's, there's no way you can defend it. You know, it's, 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 it is what it is. Um, and it's one of those movies that like, I can't even recommend, uh, people watch calamity of snakes. Uh, but I will say this, um, it is a perfect exploitation film. Now let me make myself clear when I say, um, it's a perfect exploitation film. Um, what I mean by that is that everything that people talk about, um, when they try and describe to the lay person what an exploitation film is, uh, calamity of snakes embodies. Um, and in that respect, you know what I mean? Um, if it weren't for the actual, uh, animal cruelty. Um, I would probably say this is a five star movie, uh, a five star movie, uh, when it comes to being an exploitation movie. Now, um, things like, uh, basically, uh, animal snuff footage, uh, is part of, you know, um, the exploitation genre. Um, it actually, it reminds me of, uh, of what you would see in uh, early Mon Mondo films, which are these, you know, these documentaries that tended to have a lot of footage of, uh, you know, people in different places across the world, uh, basically uh, killing, slaughtering animals, and uh, it was basically a a a. It's a Mondo films. I always look at them as like the exploitation documentary film they're exploit you know in my opinion they're like they're exploitative documentary style movies and calamity of snakes is one of these interesting um movies because it takes from sort of like the horror movies horror movies but also from mondo films um and yeah it it, it does it in a way that's um it's one of a kind. It's 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 a unique experience to watch this movie. That being said, um, right off the top, I've already mentioned it. I just wanted to get it out the way uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, so that if anybody uh, doesn't want to watch this, I don't blame them. This isn't for everyone, and I always say this all the time: like not everything is for everyone. I mean, honestly, I don't even know if this is for me, um, because uh, it's it's. Uh, I think I actually saw. Uh, 
I think it was an IndieWire, uh, which again, I don't really read IndieWire, but for some reason um, it pops up in my social media feed. Uh, and I think it was, a, it's it's actually very uh, on topic uh, because it's, I saw it today. It was a quote from uh, Quentin Tarantino, which said, uh, the one thing, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, one, or let me just, actually, I'm in front of a computer and I have a phone, so I can just pull up the quote. It says, uh, Quentin Tarantino has a big thing against killing animals in his movies. A bridge I can't cross, uh, is the, is the quote from Tarantino. Um, and I found that to be, uh, quite appropriate given, um, that I was planning on talking about this movie uh for the episode that i was recording uh the today which is the, when i saw um that actual uh indie wire tarantino quote um and i'm definitely not uh for the killing of animals for a movie um it is it it's 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 morally wrong for sure um and it's not something that you know uh it's not something that you can try and uh make excuses for uh it's pretty it's a pretty uh kind of black and white thing where it's like okay this isn't okay uh yeah um even even with snakes um but i will say this for the purposes of context um this is a film and made in taiwan um released in 1982 so i can assume it was at the very least shot the year prior 1981 um and at the during that time um and in the place that it was filmed um this type of thing was so you know i hate to use the term normalized but it was so normalized uh that the filmmakers and the people uh who made these kinds of movies back then sort of just took it as, of course, they're going to do this. Um, now, what's interesting, though, is that this movie uh, knows that it's wrong. These aren't people, you know, um, who don't know that what they're doing is wrong um, because it's literally part of the plot, which is a good point uh, in this episode to go ahead and read to you listeners um, out there, the the uh, standard letterbox synopsis. Uh, so here is the synopsis for Calamity of Snakes on Letterboxd. During the construction of a luxury apartment buildings, a huge nest of thousands of snakes is discovered. Okay, let's start that over. I don't know, you know, people apparently um, reading is fundamental in Ryan. Um, let me take another sip. Mm. Drinking snake juice. No, 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 not snake blood. <laughs> um, which is actually, uh, they do that in, in this movie. Okay, let's start again. Here we go. During the construction of luxury apartment buildings, a huge nest of thousands of snakes is discovered. Francis Chang, the boss, refuses to delay the construction in orders to kill all of his animals. He is repeatedly warned by his wife, who has some insights concerning him and the snakes. They do not manage to kill all the snakes, and so they take revenge on the construction workers and Francis Chang. Soon, thousands of killer snakes under the lead of a giant boa invades the building and 
it, again, I don't know who wrote this, and kills all the, it says N kills, like A-N, not end, and kills all of the inhabitants. Even a snake master can't stop them. Okay, um, I, I'm not saying that I'm the best uh, sort of uh, reader publicly, even though this is not public, this is being recorded, uh, but it's clear that the person who wrote this, uh, there's probably weren't a native English speaker. Um, it was tripping me up. Like I was literally changing some of the words as I read them, you know, in my mind, like didn't even like when I said repeatedly, it didn't read that it said he is repeated warned by his wife. Again, check the letterbox synopsis. If you don't believe me, it's badly written. Uh, but yeah, um, that is literally part of the plot though, which is that, they do, uh, it does open, um, it does open, actually, the way the movie opens, it opens with, uh, and we could just start from the top, let's just do my favorite thing that I always complain about, uh, podcast doing, and that I don't want to do, which is a beat by beat, uh, <laughs> a beat by beat, uh, breakdown of, of the movie that's being discussed, uh, so the movie opens, um, with a, uh, kind of weird, filtery, looking uh, psychedelic uh, series of images of snakes slithering um, and it's like in this kind of like a teal and red kind of uh, almost uh, proto predator vision style of uh, 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 if you want to call it cinematography it's not really it's just looks like a bad filter uh, that you could apply now um, it opens with the sequences of these slithering snakes slithering around. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, this isn't how, thankfully, the entire movie is is shot. Because uh, immediately uh, we see a woman, um, I believe it's a woman, right? Uh, a woman's face uh, staring at us, which is a POV um, of, a, uh, of a character who I'm trying to remember... Uh, it's the mother of the woman who's looking directly at us, which is the wife in the synopsis of the boss character, who's an evil fuck, by the way. Um, she's waking up because she's having these dreams of snakes. Her daughter sort of, you know, uh, well, her daughter awakens her as she's having that, what we, the opening, what we see is her nightmare, basically. Um, her nightmare about snakes. Then immediately the movie cuts to a construction site where there's, uh, you know, various trucks digging into the earth um and, and then a car pulls up and out steps a very memorable face because it is uh an actor who we know from a lot of uh bruce lee films um and in this he plays a very similar uh character in everything um which is kind of like the second in command the the bootlicker to the boss uh uh, he's he steps out of this car and in, into the dirt with these like nice shoes and a suit and then he um, his boss c gets out after him again we're introduced to the bad guys these these guys are are pretty much capitalist pigs um, <laughs> um, I think the, 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 the boss's name mr. Jang or, or I believe something something to that effect uh, and then we actually meet who I guess we would describe as the hero. Uh, they, they approach, they call this man who's leading the construction. Um, and uh, they call him over basically. And the boss is, wants him to like uh, pretty much uh, complete this 
this building that he says is going to be, I think, 14 stories high. Um, it's going to be an apartment, a luxury apartment complex. But the but the boss is telling this 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 this, this architect that like basically, you know, um, this building, you know, uh, the the construction methods that he wants him to cut corners. You know what I'm saying? And he can't like basically he says, you know, he has all this money on the line and it can't be late and he needs him to complete it in eight months. Uh, but of course the architect is like, yo, we can't cut corners, but you know, this guy's a scumbag and him and his right hand man are basically like, you know, for the, you know, you need to do this, you know, you know, if the, but the guys, again, he's telling me if the build the buildings are unsafe and dangerous, you know, that potentially could like lead to, you know, uh, people being, you know, in danger, like literally, like it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing, right? You want to have, you know. We got to make sure that the, the tenants are protected and, 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 and the architect, you know, would hold himself responsible if something happened. But then, of course, the little weasel, weaselly right hand man is like, you know, why don't you consider the boss's, you know, interest in. And they basically, you know, they talk him into sort of uh, uh, doing uh, doing it, you know, um, reluctantly. Right. And as this whole exchange goes on, eventually uh, the uh, I think. They're, they're like digging into the earth again with this sort of, uh, I don't know, what, what's the name of these 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 construction um, earth digging machines? Why do I not know this? I'm apparently, I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, um, I didn't grow up liking uh, heavy machinery, even though I've operated some heavy machinery in my life. Uh, apparently, I'm, a bulldozer is not the right word. Again, it's literally digging into the earth but anyways these guys unearth a nest if you want to call it that a nest or a den of snakes like like several i don't know like feet into the ground it's probably they're probably like 10 or 20 feet uh into the ground and they look down and they all crowd around this this giant uh open pit where there's just snakes and snake eggs slithering you know i don't know hundreds of snakes they say it's thousands i mean honestly it looks like less than that but again this is movies you know but so uh basically uh the architect says you know we got to call the fire brigade to come and remove all these snakes because apparently that's what the fire brigade does in taiwan i don't know how accurate that is but you know um but of course the boss is not like having that he's like it will take it'll take ages for the fire brigade to get here you know time is money let's just kill all of the snakes right um and of course, the architect's like, what are you talking about? Like, kill all the snakes, you know? Um, and at that same moment, his wife pulls up uh, in a car, gets out with, with their daughter. Um, and she's like telling him like, yo, stop, stop. Like, don't kill. Because you remember, she just had this nightmare, this sort of premonition. She said, don't kill them. You know, she basically says there, uh, there will be retribution. You know what I mean? And the girl, the daughter says, you know, mom had a nightmare. She dreamt that you were covered in snakes. And... Of course, the husband, the boss character is like, it's superstition. It's nonsense. You know, mom's just having a bad dream, you know, and he's like, fuck all that. Step aside. You know, he literally jumps up on the uh, the heavy machinery um, and starts to dig, literally use the the the. The machine to repeatedly he repeatedly raises and brings down uh, the 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 arm of of the uh, the digger and like crushes the snakes right and as he's doing that uh we see characters grab a hose and uh random uh items and they start chopping at 
other snakes that are on the ground that have slithered up out of the pit. And these are uh, literal snakes that they're that they're they're filming being killed. Uh, there's it's nothing that's fake about this, and it goes on um, for an extended period of time. Um, and this is the first instance again. We're we're barely we're a little over five minutes into this movie, and here we go with the sort of the the animal cruelty uh, stuff that I was talking about. It's not it's not a pleasant moment at all. Like, um, but again, like. As I was saying um, at the at the uh, at the top of this episode, like that, this movie ironically knows what it that it's wrong because the whole entire plot is about how it's wrong to do this, and like how these you know it's morally wrong, and the wife is concerned, like you know like you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't kill all these snakes, and it's funny that this movie um, is trying is literally about like sort of this, uh, how it's, this is, a, this is an immoral act. It takes that stance in terms of, in, in the storyline, but yet they literally don't give a fuck because they're killing snakes um, while uh, in the process of making this movie. Um, and I find that so fascinating. Um, I find that sort of ironic, but also like uh, hypocritical in a way that only people, you know, human beings can be sometimes, you know. Um, but literally after we, you know, the scene mercifully, when it comes to an end, um, goes on longer than it needs to. Um, we see the, the, the mother, the wife, uh, the wife character at a Buddhist temple. Um, and she's praying to Buddha to forgive her husband. Um, he did not mean what he did. Um, and then of course the daughter's there and then we see the architect and it's already established at this point, uh, I don't know if it's already established, but it's definitely established at this point. Um, when 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 the architect meets the daughter at the temple while her mom's praying, that there is they're in a relationship of some you know like she they're dating. Um, she you know they're serious. Uh, so the architect is dating the boss's daughter. <clears throat> so they have this conversation as they're walking out of the temple, and like uh, the girl is basically saying to the architect like you don't like my parents, do you? Um, and you know, he's trying to be, you know, he's our hero character and, and, and he's, he's trying to be sort of diplomatic about it. Cause this is a woman that he obviously has feelings for. Uh, but he basically tells her like, you know, like your shortcomings are rare, but like you take advantage of your, your father's money and you're like arrogant and, and this is not a good thing. This can, you know, and she tells him something like, there's nothing wrong with having money. And he said, there's nothing wrong with having money, but people with money think they can buy everything. And that's wrong. Now I think it's different in the uh, dubbed version um this is sort of what it said in the subtitles i've i think i've written i watched both versions um because I, I just wanted to do that because i'm weird like that sometimes um but um that's what it says and basically that this is the moment in the movie where 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 it's like oh like this movie has class consciousness baked into it now i mean is this some sort of overt political sort of statement or no i don't think it's that deep i really think it's just a sleazy uh, exploitation movie at its purest. Again, like I said, a, a, per, a perfect exploitation film. Um, and it's weird to use perfect, probably uh, for some people to hear me use perfect at least, uh, when describing a, a film like this. But it really is uh, perfect in the fact that it, 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 it is exactly what it sets out to be. Uh, no more uh, or no, and no less. Um, flaws and ugly, ugly... Um, 
ugly animal cruelty at all. Um, but yeah, uh, after after this scene sort of uh, plays out, then we see a bunch of the workers. They're like drinking and you know eating eating snake. Um, and because again, they killed all of the snakes, and they killed a lot of snakes, and they're like eating the snake meat. Um, and I think one of the characters even says, "We have so much food." And here's an interesting thing about this movie, um, and that we see a lot of we see. Um, like there's films of, I mean, there are films about like, again, specifically Mondo films that sort of depict some of like some of the stuff we see when it comes to like, uh, how in certain Asian countries, uh, snake is a delicacy, but not only is delicacy, but they use, uh, snake organs and, uh, parts of the snake at, for medicinal purposes, like medicine and shit. Like that's a real thing. That is a real thing that, uh, a lot of Asian countries have, uh, in their culture. Um, and you get, you get to see that you get to see that in this movie, not only about the men, the men eating snake, but there's also a moment where they're at like a, a wet market, um, where a guy is like skinning a snake alive and then like showing where the, uh, the, the gland in the snake's body that they drained for, 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 again, for medicinal purposes, but also like they, they, they drink snake blood, like again, I mentioned I was drinking snake blood. I was making a joke. I'm actually not drinking snake blood. I'm drinking some um, IPA of some kind um, because I'm a hipster. No, um, but uh, yeah, that that happens in in, in this movie, um, and it's very interesting. Um, before I sort of move forward with 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 calamity of snakes. On a related topic, there there's a documentary uh, about this movie uh, that I watched as well. Um, I think it was a documentary that was produced by Unearthed Films to go with the sort of uh, the release of this movie because Unearthed put this movie out on Blu-ray for a long time. It was it was like one of those movies that was perceived to be like a rare and hard to find until uh, Unearthed, uh, you know gave it the full like you know special feature blu-ray treatment um but uh this this documentary um that accompany that accompanies the movie is called uh from shaw to snakes the venom and violence of the early chinese language horror cinema um and what's interesting is they have all of these kind of you know i'm using the term experts and scare scare quotes here to talk about not only the film but sort of uh the state of the world in the state of Taiwan in sort of China in, in greater China. Um, so they kind of start with some history uh, about China. Um, now, again, a lot of these guys that they have talking are guys, literal, they're men. There's a lot of men. Um, a lot of them are white guys from the UK. I think there's one like expat American guy, um, also white, uh, that talk about sort of, uh, the movie, but then there's one woman who's actually Taiwanese who has an interesting perspective on this, but it's just funny to watch, uh, some of these guys who sort of start, they start the documentary wanting to give a brief overview of China and its relationship to Taiwan, you know, back way before, but that predates even the eighties, you know, back to like when at the advent of film and then the war in the, in, in the revolution, you know, in Mao and all these things, right? Um, and it's just very interesting to listen to sort of like the bias, the cultural bias from these people 
when they talk about uh, a place like China. Um, and I feel like they have blind spots. And I think the the, the, the Taiwanese woman who's talking, um, and I'm blanking on her name, um, she says something to the effect of like it is a form of oriel oh it is a form of orientalism um the way sort of uh, westerners and europeans uh talk about uh asians relations to snakes and like how they you know eat them and how it's like some sort of like it's gross and it's disgusting and like you know it's you know, basically, you know, and even she, she even cops to it. She says, I do, I do it too. It is, she says it's a form of Orientalism. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. Um, because, uh, I was listening, Cormac McCarthy, uh, rest in power to Cormac McCarthy passed away, uh, yesterday. Um, and so I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I think it's, uh, it was it, because it was about, you know, um, I did a podcast about, a. Cormac the Road, the the Cormac McCarthy novel uh, uh, the Road, uh, and the podcast that I was listening to, um, what was the name of the podcast? The podcast is called like uh, I think it was like Drunk. What is it? Drunk guys on books or drunk, um, the Drunk Guys Book Club. I think that's what it was. The drunk Guys Book Club, right? So I'm listening to this because you know, um, I just felt like you know. Listening to somebody talk about, I think they re, it's an old episode that they, they, they put back up be, in honor, because, you know, um, Cormac McCarthy's recent death, they wanted to, you know, put something up that was about um, uh, Cormac McCarthy and, and one of his books, right? Which The Road is obviously one of his books. And as I was listening to it, um, they were talking about The Road. And for those who don't know, who haven't read The Road or are familiar with the movie starring Viggo Mortensen, it is a post-apocalyptic book that is about, and it takes place in somewhere in the United States after a sort of uh, atomic war or, you know, basically a world-ending war, you know, um, and sort of the, the, the characters that are left behind are the people, sort of the survivors of this, you know, you know, civilization ending such kind of uh, event. Um, but as the guy, as they were talking about it, um, they were talking about how people are, you know, how humans react um, during certain um, moments throughout history where, like, basically, like, when, when in, in instances where, like, there's mass death and, and mass suffering. Um, and they started to mention, um, you know, the Holocaust, obviously, and, and World War Two, And then they mentioned... Uh, um, China. They mentioned Mao and like the famine that they said and all the people that died. Um, and then they mentioned, uh, what's, what else did they mention? You know, the usual suspects they used, they mentioned North Korea and then they mentioned Russia, you know, and during Stalin. And, and it was like all of these, you know, like it's just, you know, and, and, and I don't think they were even conscious of what they were doing, but they were mentioning like, you know, like all these foreign countries, um, and how they reacted like at certain moments and times and like what it says about humanity um, and what people resort to, you know, when society collapses. Uh, meanwhile, they're American and they don't ever mention American chattel slavery. Um, the whole episode, they keep referring back to sort of 
these other events in these other countries, these countries that are safe to talk about, to sort of, uh, you know, demonize for, you know, things. And I, hey, I'm not here sort of taking uh, any sort of stance about uh, any of these atrocities that were committed under these specific regimes. But I will, I would, what I will say is that, like, it's just funny how Westerners, um, in general, like, are quick to sort of point the finger, but never really want to sort of look at, you know, their own backyard. Uh, and I really think that's, that relates to sort of this movie, um, and sort of some of the opinions that were shared in the documentary about this movie. Um, but also sort of the reactions in general to people, to this movie. Now, um, yeah, I didn't want to get off on a, like too much of a tangent here um, and talk about sort of like the the inherent bias biases for uh, that exist for Westerners. Um, but hey, you know it's it's my podcast, so you know I, I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, but I do think it's I do think it's worth highlighting, and I do think it's worth sort of uh, pondering, or like at least like putting it out there. I'm not I'm not saying hey. Um, you have to necessarily agree or disagree with anything that I'm sort of uh, proposing. Even I don't even know. I don't even really proposing anything other than I'm trying to just simply put put that out there. You know, because it's something that I notice a lot. And when it comes to sort of why I watch a lot of obviously for those who listen to this podcast, I watch a lot of movies. Uh, that are non-American movies, um, and I'm fully aware of the perspective that colors my uh, my viewing of those movies, which is I have a very westernized, Americanized uh, mind um, just by default because this is where I, uh, this is where I was born and raised. Uh, um, but I'm always someone who takes uh, stock of myself. And I, I, I want to sort of be able to have some level of uh, self-awareness um, about who I am or who or why, you know, I do or say certain things. Um, yeah, and I just think that like a movie like Calamity of Snakes that has uh, a lot of uh, things about it that are, are, are very, again, like, you know, to 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 to. It is a movie that is not um, meant to be sort of broken down in any sort of serious academic or intellectual way. Um, and even me sort of going on my, my you know, standard <laughs> tangent, uh, t- or, uh, tangents about like... Uh, some of the elements or, or aspects to, to, to movies like this uh, may seem kind of uh, not, I don't know, just just not not warranted because again, given this, this, the, the, the type of movie this is, but I, 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 I think otherwise because there's a reason that these movies exist. There's a reason, I mean, and these movies exist to entertain people for sure. Uh, but, but there's, there's something very interesting when you see like that, again, that's the wet market scene, which is pretty, pretty 
early in the movie as well, because right after uh, where I left off, where, where we see the workers talking and eating the snakes, they cut to this scene of that, that what I was talking about with this this guy killing these snakes in front of these people. And there's an actual, it's, this is real, again, real. He's really um, playing with like cobras and and showing, you know, the, 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 the captivated audience, like, you know, this is a cobra, you know, it, it's poisonous, you will die if it bites you, and he's, he's basically, you know, um, he's basically telling you, like, yo, that the snake is poisonous, look, but, like, there's, 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 there's very, uh, in the, the most poisonous snakes have the most, uh, the most beneficial kind of, like, um, medicinal, uh, you know, benefits to them. And that's when he literally skins the cobra alive. He like hangs it by its neck on a rope and cuts it up the middle and takes the, peels the skin back. And it's this whole process that they literally do. You could see like oh, this guy's done this before. Like he probably literally uh, works at this market. Um, and he's like, cutting open the inside of the snake to find the gallbladder. And he like cuts the, the gallbladder. I think he says it's like good for your eyesight. Like if you drink uh, the fluid from the gallbladder and the snake blood, the snake blood that like will, you know, the snake blood will, will make you, you know, it, it will make you, it's like some sort of like uh, aphrodisiac or supposed to make you better in bed. You can, it's a snake, a little snake oil salesman, like <laughs> ironic, like literally a snake oil. This is a snake blood salesman. He's literally selling snake blood and he like takes like the snakes still beating heart out and lays it on the ta on the counter. And it's like, we so close up of this, the heart beating. And this is all real shit. And I say, I, I point all this out and I say all that to say. Like, this is part of the culture. This is part of the culture at the time. Um, it was not uncommon um, for, 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 for this, to, to, to see stuff like this in Taiwan, um, at least to my knowledge. I mean, it's probably less common today in modern Taiwan, but it was not uncommon. It is a cultural thing. So I say all of that to say that when you watch a movie like Calamity of Snakes, where they're killing all these snakes, right? Um, keep that in mind, too. You know, that the culturally, they have a different view of sort of this. Uh, again, it's not excusing it. Um, it's not saying it's right. It's not right. But it, but, but that is a one reason why a movie like this was exist and was made. Uh, but yeah, to get back onto the movie, because again, snake, snake murder aside, this is a really insane movie. Um, if you don't know that it's insane, I feel like I haven't even done it do justice yet because I'm being so serious and wanting to have these, you know, uh, I don't know. I want to go down these rabbit holes and talk about like uh, the different aspects of like culture and, 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 you know, perspective and all of that shit. But fuck all of that. This Calamity of Snakes needs to be watched. Well, needs again. Can't recommend this movie because of the murder. But if you do, if this is the type of people that watch Calamity of Snakes are people who find movies like this. And what I mean by that is people who, who, you know, um, fellow travelers, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that look for movies that are, that are different, that are outside the norm, right? Those aberrations take a shot, um, and, uh, out of, of cinema and of art. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're one of those people, you will, it will following that path, you're going to find, you're going to find yourself watching movies of all kinds. And one of the, one of those kinds will be a movie, you know, like this. Again, I, I told people, um, our listeners, back when I started season three, that I was going to veer towards more extreme stuff. And I definitely have kept my word, uh, cause this is yet another extreme, uh, extreme movie. Um, but yeah, to highlight, to move away from the snake murder, 
um, for a second and to highlight some of the craziness that occurs. Because once this plot gets going, like it really, it really gets going. Like, and it doesn't take, it doesn't waste any time. Because immediately following sort of uh, the scene at the wet market, we actually see the boss drinking snake blood uh, with a, with a colleague of, uh, with with the little with his little second in command. Again, the guy we know from the Bruce Lee movies. He's with the architect, and again, he's or not the architect. He's with a uh, he's with a, a guy who's like a, a snake expert, right? Um, and like they're explaining to this guy, this guy has knowledge of snakes, right? And again, I don't know, this really doesn't make sense why they're talking to him. I don't quite remember, but they're having, they're literally drinking snake blood because the, the waitress, or I think he may have asked the waitress to bring out some snake blood with their order of food at this restaurant. Um, and the guy's calling the guy boss, but again, this guy has knowledge of like snake experts, right? And the boss and, and his second in command, his toady, are like telling, relaying like to this man, like, yo, the boss, the boss is, he's killed thousands of snakes at once. And this kind of like the guy who, the snake guy is like, who his job, I guess, is to sort of like kill snakes or, or whatever. He's kind of a little bit taken aback. He's like, you kill that many snakes. You know what I mean? Again, again, it's the boss's right hand man trying to suck up and, you know, you know, tell the boss, you know, or, sh you know, kiss, kiss the boss's ass and, sh and, and really gloat about his boss because, you know, he's that kind of, you know, uh, he's, you know, the dick riding is crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, the, 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 the dick riding is crazy. Uh, uh, but yeah, like, uh, he's drinking, uh, the snake blood. I guess the guy actually tells him to drink the snake blood. The boss kind of doesn't know if he should, but he, he, he does a similar kind of, uh, salesmanship kind of, uh, pitch to the boss about like the health benefits of drinking the snake blood. Right. So the boss does drink the snake blood and, you know, and then, uh, I think, I think that's when he, you know, uh, he says the boss kills a bunch of snakes and he's like, if you, and I think the, 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 the guy says you kill the, you kill snakes slowly one by one, but our boss kills 10,000 of snakes with the snap of a wrist. And that's when, the, that's when he's like, what, what are you talking about? 10,000 snakes. Yeah. Right. So he's getting, he's, he brags on his boss. You know, and then he sort of like kind of backs it up. He's like, well, maybe it's like, you know, five, three or 5,000 left. But, if, and he asked him like, yo, or, well, are they all dead? And he's like, of course they're all dead. He's like, well, it's good. He's, it's best that they're all, they're all to die. You won't have a problem. You know, basically he compares them to like roots. He's like, we don't have to worry, you know, as long as you killed them all. And immediately he cuts to that pile of snakes and we see that uh, some of them are still alive. Um, and then it cuts to the building, which is, again, it's kind of strange because like the building is still under construction. One of the men, one of the workers is like, uh, in a room reading a, a porno mag. I, I don't even know if it's necessarily a porno mag. It's just a magazine with women with a, like in, in babe in suits and in, in skippy clothes. And there's a naked woman on the cover, weirdly enough. But like, so it's like a porno mag, but the inside isn't whatever. Uh, but he's waiting in the bed, smoking a cigarette and he's gotten a, a sex worker uh, to, he's basically to, to, in one of these, I guess, unfinished rooms. And she comes out of the bathroom in a towel and, and she's, Got a jerry curl of some kind. No, <laughs> her hairstyle is definitely some 80s shit for sure. Uh, but she she takes the towel off. Uh, he he takes his tidy whities off. And it doesn't show any of this. It's, it's ironic. It doesn't show any, like, nudity. But it will show, like, full-on animal murder again. Like, I don't know. But, okay, so, you know, they fall onto the bed. You know, they start to roll around in the bed. And when this happens, we see all of these snakes coming and slithering into the room. Um... And the snakes, as the as as they're rolling around in the bed, the snakes slither up, 
and it's it's a lot of snakes. I'm t- you're, you're talking about like maybe, you know, 30 snakes, maybe more, 50, 60 snakes. They start biting and attacking them. Uh, the woman dies, the man dies. Then we cut to the boss at like a hot uh, in the morgue or some kind or something, and he's like pacing, smoking a cigar, and we see the the right hand man is actually identifying the body. Um, he walks out to the lobby and tells him like you know um, that you know the worker has been killed by snakes, and of course the boss is like for real like snakes it's that serious, and he's like you know then the second you know the second in command dude is like yeah so what 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 should we do you know. Um, and the boss is like, well, listen, we're going to open a schedule regardless because this shit is too important. I got to get this money. Because, again, he's like one of those. He's a true capitalist, again, capitalist scumbag because he's like, you know, he's going to get the bag by any means necessary. Right. You know, um, he's like basically, you know, he tells him, like, go talk to the dude that they were talking to to help him deal with the snake problem. You know what I mean? Because, um, we, you know, this deadline is about to open. Like, I'm not missing this for nothing. Right. So the snake guy, uh, I guess the first suggestion he has is to like, uh, we see him like with a mask on and he's like sprinkling like, uh, lime, tobacco and sulfur, this powder, it's like a all together and he sprinkles it around the edges and he says that this keeps the snakes away and they like literally have like men mixing, mixing it up in what looks like a, a, a walk, like a giant walk. In it with a, and he's like putting it in buckets and men are like throwing the powder everywhere, you know, everywhere. This is stuff that's supposed to, to sort of uh, keep the snakes out. And then they show them inside the hotel room um, and the guy has, a, has his little young helper assistant and they're catching snakes and putting them in bags. And these, the architect is there with them sort of like watching. And like, okay, so so they, they, they basically, uh, they, they get all of the snakes. They think they get all of the snakes out, out, out of the... Uh, out of the room um and they leave right but of course we see that when they leave there's literally a, a slithering outline of a snake under under a, under the uh the, the bedspread of, and, and then like it cuts to sort of like this uh, these women who are all dressed in in the same uniform with name tags and they're doing like a uh an event for to to sort of uh show the people uh potential tenants uh, who are going to purchase these apartments inside this 14-story four, uh, luxury uh, unit. Like, it's basically them having some sort of, like, uh, uh, I don't even, I mean, it's an event t- to get people to buy, to take early, sort of, like, to er, to to buy early these par- apartments before it's grand opening. Um, and they literally introduce the architect, you know, they say he's like, he, he's a uh, Harvard grad. He, he studied in architecture, um, you know, and the people clap. I think uh, the, the, the boss's daughter's there smiling proud, like, that's my man, you know. Um, but the woman, are, the, there's a woman at, like at, with the microphone again announcing to the people. They're like talking to all these women are taking orders for these people, basically. And it's a whole series. And let me just say this. This movie, for all of it, like the serious snake murder, there's also a lot of like weird slapsticky humor in it so there's moments throughout where they're just really goofy stuff like this this is a sip like we're introduced to a bunch of like colorful characters that do a lot of like literal comedic shit like there's a overweight woman who they sort of like are constantly showing eating and like i think like one of the women's takes her up to see her room and she complains about the size of the doorway then she like walks and sits on the toilet and she says the toilet needs to be bigger you know again like make pretty much like 
the joke is that the woman is overweight. You know, it's that kind of shit. I mean, it's an exploitation movie. It's in the 80s. It's from Taiwan. You know what I mean? It's not the most highbrow humor, let's be honest. Um, and then there's like an old man with a young, a very young woman at his side. and But she's eyeing another man across the room. And she like lets go of his hand to like go over next to the man. And the old man sees his woman like so he runs up defensive. And, and like, you know, the woman tries to like play it off. And I think she even says something like, look how beautiful this chair is or whatever. Um, and then the old man is approached by one of those women to try to get him to, to see if he wants to buy an apartment or a apart co condo apartment. And, uh, the old man complains about the size of the toilets. Uh, so as the boss and his, uh, second in command are like standing off across the room, they hear him complaining about it. So what, uh, the boss's, uh, toadstool, <laughs> His, his underling does is goes over there and pretends that, to be a potential uh, uh, resident himself and offers to buy the room that the old man want, was, was saying is too much and it needs a better bathroom. He, he pretends that he wants to buy it and he says, I'll go to the bank. I'll be back in a couple hours or whatever. And at that point, the woman that he's with, his younger sort of, uh, you know, trophy if you want to call it, I don't even know if they're married, his trophy, his younger trophy, uh, concubine, <laughs> um, complains. And so immediately the old man pulls out a stack of cash to buy it there on the spot. Um, not knowing that he's been duped by, you know, this slime ball. And of course the boss immediately congratulates him on a good job. The moment he walks away. Um, and then we see the architect who's, uh, pretty much, um, you know, I think sitting by himself complaining, uh, to his uh, girlfriend, you know, about, about her, you know, her father and like, you know, um, and how like he cuts corners and he's basically, you know, he built a building, but he's not in the business to sort of like sell condos. And the girl's like, again, trying to like persuade him that like, you know, like my dad's going to ask you to work, you know, um, at another job or him in the future. And uh, clearly the architect is like, yo, like, I, that doesn't sound like something I really want to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, and he's kind of low key annoyed and you're kind of like, yo, why is he even, why, why, why are you, why is he trying to hire me for it? Like he can hire all these people. Like, you know, why does he want me? You know? And then of course the, this makes the girl for some reason indignant and upset. And she's like, of course he would hire you. But even though like she's at the same time kind of shitting on him, you know what I mean? Whatever. Again, her, her she's not, she's a chip off the old block at times. You know, she's not as bad as her father for sure, but you know, you could tell that like some of her father's shittiness is sort of leaked into him. So we see after that, like the boss celebrating that, like they sold all, all of the, all of the condos in this giant building. They sold them all. He's like happy. And then him and his uh, second in command are talking about his next project. And then he's asking him like, you know, what the plan is. And he's saying that he wants to use the architect again. Um, and, the, and, and this actually surprises surprises you know his underling he's like yo why would you want to use him again and he basically says you know like he's he's a real talent you know and like you know he he, I, he, I, he he's proven like that he can get it done and he knows that he can basically manipulate him too because part of this is like this guy's in a relationship with my, my my daughter he's gonna probably marry her so he's just like you know he knows he can get away with like using this guy and cutting corners with this guy you know even though like in order for him to sort of get uh, to get him on board, he's gonna, he ends up lying to him and saying like, because the architect guy isn't really 
you know, doesn't when he actually approaches him about the next job, he tells him like we have to we can't cut any corners and he lies to him. Um, he says we of course we won't, but then when he walks away, you know, the underling is like you're not gonna do that. He's like of course not. Like you know what? Fuck him. Um, but before that even happens, uh, we see a scene where like they're actually interrupted while they're while they're celebrating and he's explaining this to him like he's thinking about approaching him for this new job by the parents of the dead guy. They like burst into the office. And they're upset and they want to see their son. And he's like, our son body's sitting in the morgue, you know, like, and, and they want, they want their son back, I guess for some sort of funeral. And he said, you know, he says, I'm angry, you know, um, about your son. You know what I mean? Like he does, basically he says, you does, he deserved to die. And he's like, what are you talking about? And, you know, he's basically the, the worst. He, he, he is a giant piece of shit. And if you don't, if you don't know that he's a piece of shit, um, which we already know he's a piece of shit. But, but they're going to remind you at this moment where he's an absolute asshole to these grieving parents of this guy who worked for him who died. And he died because, again, this guy decided to be a dickhead, cut corners, kill snakes, and the snakes are wanting their revenge. Again, yes, this is a movie uh, about snakes. I think I think the literal translation of the original title, because Calamity of Snakes is a, is a funny title. Like, when you really think about it, Calamity of Snakes, like what? I actually like the title because it's so absurd and it's also kind of cool. Um, but the actual, like, Taiwanese translation is, I think, humans versus snake, or snakes, snakes versus humans, or something like that, I believe, um, but yeah, he's, he's the, like, the whole reason this, all of this shit happened, he's responsible for this guy's death, but he's, like, taking no ownership, and in fact, he's blaming the guy who, for, for being killed, and he's disrespecting his parents, and he's, like, you know, basically, he has the security come in and pull them out, and he's, like, you know, uh, try, he's, like, how dare you intimidate me, you know what I mean, basically, he, he you know, he, he, he tells him to get out of his place. The father's like wants to hit him with an ashtray, but like again, like he the guys the security comes in and pulls him out, and and the guys you know basically screaming on his way out, and then it makes a whole scene. Everybody is watching as the security drags these people out, uh, and then it starts to thunderstorm outside, and we see the rain fall, and again immediately the starts to uh, wash away all of that uh, powder of like that tobacco and lime and sulfur um and then we see uh some more workers playing dice and a guy is mad that he's losing i don't know if he's, they're playing some form of dice i don't it's not mahjong they're like throwing dice in a bowl um the guy get one of the guys gets mad because he loses and he walks out and, and basically as he's walking out he sees that it's raining he like goes to take a piss for some reason and immediately uh he's pissing in like a hole and what happens is uh, the first instance of a fake snake, because as he's taking this piss, uh, we see a giant boa wrap its tail around his neck and pull him away with like a natural like power. Um, and that as, after that happens, then literally hundreds of snakes uh, pour into the little uh, shack area where the men are still playing this dice game and attack the rest of those men. Um, and they end up like being killed, all of those men, um, and the boss is killed. I mean, the boss is killed. I, the, it would be nice if the boss was killed. If the boss was killed from the beginning, none of this shit would happen, but then we wouldn't have this movie, uh, which would have saved the lives, really, of a lot of snakes, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, so after this is, after the aftermath of this, right, we, they show uh, like them like catching all these snakes. The boss is called at night from his bed. Um, and it's followed again, it's followed by the, after he's called in bed and woken up about the news, we see them like 
at back at the the place. The place is destroyed. There sees all these men picking up the snakes, and then comes this uh, mongoose, notorious mongoose scene. Now, this is one of the craziest scenes in the movie. Um, growing up, I used to watch Ricky Tikki Tavi. For those who don't know about Ricky Tikki Tavi, Google it. Ricky Tikki Tavi is this movie. Uh, it's an animated film about this mongoose, and this mongoose is like fighting this cobra and these snakes, right? And growing up as a kid, I was I always heard about like yo mongoose kill snakes, and a big reason why I knew that was because Ricky Tikki Tavi, like Ricky the, Ricky Tikki Tavi, like like yeah mongoose kill snakes. Um, but we get to actually see mongoose uh, killing snakes, and this very as they're cleaning snakes up and grabbing in the bag, this, this, some, they they bring mongoose to fight off some of these other more poisonous snakes. And it, this sequence goes on where they're dropping. It's, multi, it's a mongoose fighting a snake. And then there's more than one mongoose. And it's more than one snake. They're like putting this, they're seeking these mongoose on, on, on these snakes. And it's like playing this like music in the background while it's, uh, while, while it's happening. Um, and it's fucking like, it has to be, I don't know. It's weird to say it has to be seen because it's like, again, this is still like animal death that you're watching. But I guess, I guess this is more along the lines of watching like a discovery channel kind of thing where like on discovery channel, when you watch like lions in the wild or animals attacking other animals in the wild, even though this is clearly uh, men who have put these, this isn't really a scenario where these mongoose are killing these snakes uh, because they're just out in the wild. No, these men introduce these mongoose into this area to literally seek them on the snakes. And it's fucking wild. These mongoose attack these snakes they like bite at, they bite their heads, they rip them apart, it's fucking insane, like, again, like, I feel like I'm not doing this any justice, I feel like, um, me talking about, this is one of the most memorable scenes, there's a lot of memorable scenes in this movie, um, but this fucking scene, it goes on, again, it goes on pretty long, like, and we watch these, and it's kind of like, honestly, I was kind of watching it, and it kind of, like, I found myself, like, leaning forward, kind of, because I was like, oh, this is kind of has, like, me on the edge of my seat, because, for, for both the snake and the mongoose, because I'm like, how is this going to work out? But again, I watch the mongoose work, and I'm like, oh shit, like the mongoose are just really snake predators. Like, you don't think of snakes as having predators, right? Like, but like, the mongoose is clearly that. These mongoose are biting the shit out of these snakes, biting their heads. Like, the snakes are biting back, but like, the, mon the mongoose are not, they just don't stop. Like, um, they don't stop. They're fucking. The snakes are trying. We watch these snakes struggle with these mongoose, and they're trying everything. They're they're twisting. They're they're trying to wrap, uh, not only bite them but uh, wrap them up in their in their uh, you know in their tails. And it's, but the mongoose won't stop. The mongoose are quick too. The mongoose are quick to all the moves. You watch the mongoose spin out. You watch the mongoose bite down harder on the on the snakes' heads, like even against cobras. Like it's crazy. Like it, the like. Again, like I've never, never, this is the first time I've ever seen a uh, mongoose uh, attack snakes in action. And it's, it is a memorable, it's a memorable moment. Um, again, it's probably not for everybody again. And again, I, I feel kind of weird about it too. Cause again, it, it is, it's definitely exploitive. Uh, it's definitely, uh, goes on far too long. Um, and it may, it leaves you feeling kind of weird afterwards, but you do feel like you've just seen some shit. Like this is crazy but after that whole like mongoose thing is over right um the architect is talking with the boss and they're like yo the, you know the architect is like yo this is one's just some simple attack like this is like this is like revenge and even this the, the guy who's the expert at snakes is like yeah this is unusual like i've i've had a snake shop for like he says he's had a snake shop for like more than 20 years and he's never seen anything like this 
Um, he's like, I've never heard of snakes attacking people in large groups. And then he says, like, he thinks that there's a big python snake in the group. And they're like, how do you know that? And he points to this, like, giant uh, trail left. It's like a track. It's a snake track that's in the dirt. And he's like, you know, like, look how heavy, you know, like, this is a heavyweight snake that would make this track. Like, not no regular snake, you know what I'm saying? Like, would make this track. There's a fucking python, right? And he's like, well, what do you want to do about this? And he, and basically the snake guy's like, yo, like, there's only, like, one person, like, who can help defeat this big python and it's not me and this is when we meet uh the most one of the fucking most memorable characters in this whole fucking movie uh he's like this he's like a combination of a snake catcher but also like a mystical sort of kung fu master like and the way he's introduced is that at some weird kind of circus sideshow where like we see these women standing in front of this box and they like let go of the sides of the box and the front falls down and as they walk away and as the front falls down it reveals like this giant ball of snakes but inside this ball of snakes we see a head emerge from this ball of snakes in a man a man is this man is literally covered in these snakes slithering around him this is the this is the the the, the, the snake master the snake catcher <laughs> this is this guy so like he's got all these snakes on him and one of the snakes is literally slithering out his mouth and we watch him like push himself out he's covered in snakes it's a wild fucking thing he's like he just pushes himself casually like all of these snakes off his body um and he's still got this fucking snake hanging out of his mouth then he like pulls the snake slowly out out of his mouth and we watch as like a camera shoots it in slow motion and everything like as he's slowly pulling this fucking snake which lo a lot longer than you think it's not a big snake but it's a big enough snake where you're like holy shit he's got this whole he's keeping the snake in his mouth like and he pulls the snake fully out and then the snake he then he lets the snake bite his tongue and it's like clearly biting and hanging on his tongue he's got his tongue sticking out and he's like looking right um and he's like, basically, this is the introduction. And he's like, it cuts back to, to like the snake expert guy explaining like, you know, to end the snake disaster, like this guy is the only guy who can do it. It's a hell of an introduction, right? So they go to this guy's like place and immediately outside of the place, we see like snakes are like hung up and there's this young sort of like bald dude, looks like a Buddhist monk, a young Buddhist monk. <laughs> Um, there's like mongoose in cages and he's like chopping like snakes that are hung out to dry and he's like chopping the snakes with like a scythe and like feeding the mongoose and then the guy jumps out of the car because they pull up the snake expert pulls up with the boss's right hand man and and uh i think the architect is there with him and he's like he needs to talk to the boss and the kid is like i can't i can't like i can't have you go back there uh, no, actually, I don't even think the architect's with him. It's just it's just the, the second-in-command underling and, and the snake expert. Uh, but the kid is like, yo, like, you know, like, Mr. Lin, which is the name of the guy, like, like this is Mr. Lin's apprentice, you know, this this, this bald, monk-looking kid, and he's, like, very protective for some reason. He doesn't, he's like, the boss can't be, dist I mean, the master can't be disturbed right now. He's telling the, the snake expert, you know, I can't have him, like, you know, go do this or whatever. And, of course, uh, the second in command is like, well, I ain't trying to hear this little young kid, bro. Like, you know, um, let me go back there and I'll ask him myself or whatever. And he's like, uh, move out of the way. So, and they try to even warn him like, yo, don't go back there. And he's like, 
not listening. He's like, you know what? Like, I'm Peter Ma. There's nothing. I think that's his name, right? The underling guy. He's like, there's nothing that like's gonna scare me, guys. And he just walks in, and he's like, all right, well, fuck it. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go in there by himself. So he steps in there, and immediately when he walks in, uh, he's looking around, and he steps, sees all this shit and jars, snakes and shit, and he steps into this back room, and it's just nothing but hundreds of snakes everywhere. And one snake hisses at him, and he passes out. And then we see as he passes out, the the master steps out and like looks at looks at him and then the man we cut to the man being awoken by the apprentice because of he's splashing water in his face and the master sitting there and uh the snake expert begins to explain like why they're there and we get we get the sense already like he's already been talking to him why why the why uh ma is passed out you know uh, mr ma or second in command underling fuckhead is 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 has been passed out um so basically he says yo this snake is so big you know there's no one else who can like that i know that can solve this but you and then you know the the underling guy's like right you're the master he's like if if you can get rid of that python i mean our boss will pay you a lot of money and the master is like yo like mr ma like don't don't talk to me about money like it's basically it's this is my duty you know like this is my duty to keep to keep this place safe this is what i do like so i will go take care of this 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 fucking snake now this is probably one of the most memorable uh scenes and probably my favorite scene and a lot of people's favorite scene in this movie um because it doesn't involve any actual uh killing of snakes because the the snake is a is a is a fake snake it is a giant puppeteered massive boa and so the snake the snake master guy goes to where he, tr- he basically tracks he follows these the track that the that the, that the boa made and he, he see, not only does he see the track in the sand but he also is finding like the shedded skin and he follows it to this abandoned building and he pushes the door down and he steps in and there in this battle this is where this battle takes place in this fucking derelict building between this kung fu master snake hunter and this fucking massive fucking 20 foot boa constrictor and yes it's as insane as it sounds it's a scene that it like it belongs in like one of those like fucking movies like master of the flying guillotine or like five fingers of death it's like a fucking insane scene like literally little first first like small snakes jump out at him and they're actually let me let me let me let me take that back i think he like bites he like bites some snakes in half he like tears one in half he like steps on one rips it in half i don't know if they're real snakes they probably are so like then he's like wipes the blood he's walking around with like snake blood on his face looking for this giant boa and then the boa like is peeking at him from different corners of the of the of the abandoned area and then like finally like the boa like just like jumps out at him in this whole, this amazing fucking fight sequence dog like this fight sequence between this fucking snake and this fucking master is a highlight of this movie. Like it, it is one of the most, probably one of the things that gets brought up the most because it's so out of left field. It is so some shit that like you don't you don't see scenes like this in in in, in regular movies. Like this is a hundred percent pure like exploitation gem of a scene. And again. It is one of those scenes that doesn't actually involve a real snake for once, too. So you don't have that fucking guilt about enjoying it as you would be, you know. And again, I don't even think I don't enjoy none of the scenes, to be fair, uh, where they're killing the snakes. I'm more just in, like in like I'm dumbfounded. 
when I watch them. I'm like, oh, like this is fucked up. But yeah, there's this great scene. I won't like go into details, but like it does involve this just giant fucking snake flying around, and uh, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, well choreographed, weird weird weirdly choreographed well uh, fight scene, which is so awkward because they had to do it all practical. There, there was this was you know pre uh, CGI, so you know it's a it's a great uh, you know the way the director even is able to sort of make this movie work as well as he does when it's like snakes don't attack like this. You know what I mean? Snakes don't like, you know, to even think that logistically to be able to even shoot this movie in, in a way that it actually uh, works at all on any level is, is in and of itself an achievement. Um, but yeah, this scene culminates with him basically defeating the snake. And we, and you know, of course when he's, when it's over, you know, he's, limping out of he's taken a lot of wounds but he's he's alive you know and they think it's all great you know the boss is there you know like he's like well done you know it's all good and then immediately after that like we see uh uh like i think it's like a a moment where they're like outside some so some sort of festivals occurring and then the 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 architect is watching and then he's approached by mr ma you know secondhand man and he's like talking to him as they walk into inside the building and then we see that it's all finished now like the inside is like marble floors it looks completely it's like shining and white so it's like everyone has moved in now like i guess it's like this is the official first day of of the building being like fully operational it's got all the tenants there um so to celebrate they're going to have a, a, a basically a party. Um, the boss invites the architect up to his office to have a discussion with uh, his, you know, with Miss, with Ma, his right hand man. And this is where they propose and make the offer, you know, to him to build this next big project that's going to be even bigger and cost more money. And this is where he lies to him and says that he's gonna, you know, this time he's gonna do it right. He won't cut corners. And of course, immediately when he walks out the room, he's like, "Of course, it's bullshit." Okay, so then like a a, a a the final sort of like sequence in this movie um is where like all of the people are having uh there's a get together at, at in one of these like i guess like a, a ballroom area inside the inside the the building because people are celebrating um you know the the grand opening of this this amazing building it, it got built on time it's so great there's not only tenants there but there's local uh, you know, business, other, other, other fucking business people there who, who are there, you know, trying to sort of celebrate, you know, fucking the boss's achievement, but also like, you know, they, they have their own sort of, uh, uh, you know, ideas of working with this guy. There's some, you know, some guys who are like basically other, some, some, some guys in some suit wearing scumbags, you know, just like the boss, like, so they, they want to talk to, 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 the, to this, you know, uh, this, the boss character guy, um, the boss character guy, <laughs> um, again, these names, I don't want to even butcher these names. I believe his name is like Mr. Lie, I believe. Um, but you know, I'm, it's much easier for me to sort of refer to these people as just, you know, uh, second in command, the boss. Cause again, a lot of people just call him boss anyways, in the architect. And again, this is a pure exploitation movie. The character's names are not that crucial uh but as this whole thing is going on um the, the people are mingling um we get we, we get again more comedic moments with other people 
that we've met earlier that they've set up or previously during this party. Um, there's some funny moments. Again, weird comedy. Um, that 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 occurs. I mean, the, the the large woman is there. She catches like I guess her her, her partner trying to flirt with uh, the boss's daughter, and she approaches him, and she's like eating a bunch of food, and and it's and again literally like they watch they show her eating food, and they I think they like juxtapose like they cut back and forth between her eating and then like a literal a pig eating again like low brown humor, and then there's like a dance sequence that kicks off with some some funny music cues that I'm pretty sure they just stole like. And it's a great, actually, the dancing is kind of, inter- like, the whole scene is pretty good. Um, but, like, as all this is going on, like, the boss is talking with these other guys about his new construction factory job and, like, how it's going to be, like, make make even more money. And these guys want to partner up with him and do other projects or, you know, shipment or whatever. And, like, the wife is, you know, he's ignoring his wife, you know what I mean? And the wife is telling him, like, you know, you know at a certain moment, the wife pulls him away and they're upstairs as everyone's still partying below, and she's she's basically trying to, you know, get him to sort of like, uh, not even he she says like she explains to him like yo we have enough money like you had this project work like you know you have a we have a good life like is there how much money is enough and he's basically like in true you know in true sort of scumbag sort of businessman uh, form he's just like it's never enough like you know I got to get the bag. You know, I'm always chasing the bag. <laughs> Again, this movie's very class conscious, even if, even if it's not like uh, intended to be. I feel like it it plays a big part, and a part of that is probably due to sort of uh, the situation in Taiwan at the time, right? Economically, um, which again they got into some of that during the documentary. Um, I definitely recommend that if you pick this up, uh, you can watch this movie. Um, there's many ways to watch this movie. Um, I think I think you can even rent this movie uh, on like YouTube, uh, but you can buy this DVD. You should definitely, if you do buy this DVD or the Blu-ray from Unearth, watch the documentary um, from from Shaw to Snakes, because it talks a little bit about. Like I said, I already mentioned it talks a little bit about that, um, and it definitely somewhat informs. Even though I do feel like it's a very biased perspective, uh, but some of that is still um, informative in terms of sort of what kind of uh, influences, uh, whether consciously or unconsciously, uh, went into sort of whatever messages that there are in this movie. And it's not a message movie. This is, again, it's not that, this is not what this is, but you know, like all art, you know, whether low, high, middle brow, whatever, that stuff's still there. Even if it's not even its intended purpose, you could still find it if you, if you care to look. Uh, even in the worst shit, there's always some kind of that, some of, some of that shit that makes it in there. It's just, it's impossible, you know, when humans make shit. Uh, but yeah, the woman's explaining to him, like, you know, or trying to plead with him to like, you know, like, let's, let's, let's stop. Like, you know, and he's basically like, you know, whatever, he's not listening to her. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, all of this common, you know, all of this culminates in, um, what we expect, which is this final showdown. Because all of the snakes are coming to this building now. And everybody that's in this building, you know, um, is unknowingly about to be in a battle for their lives with these snakes. And a series of uh, snake attacks uh, happen in in very creative and memorable ways. And it's really, you know, there's so many great moments. I won't even bother 
to sort of, you know, I, I know I've been beat by beating some of this story. Uh, but yeah, this like this snake sequence, these these sequences with these snakes in the ways that they attack all of these people inside this building um, are really fun um, and really a lot of times really creative. Um, and, and again, it just speaks to the level of like a craftsmanship of, of, of these of the filmmakers, because like this is a hard this is a hard movie to pull off even now like like just thinking like how do we get all these people to be attacked by these snakes and not only that but like you just wonder like how many people were actually hurt themselves humans let alone snakes filming because like there's like people who are like laying covered in snakes these are live snakes they're laying playing dead they're having people are having real snakes thrown at them from off camera snakes around them jumping around people being attacked it's fucking bonkers you know what i mean like uh truly bonkers i don't use bonkers a lot because i feel like it's a fucking cliche ass term at this point but like i feel like it's apt right i think i I think uh bonkers is a fair way to describe anything in calamity of snakes like um but yeah this this i won't ruin it if you decide again i'm not going to recommend it just based on based on the fact that like again i don't think this is the type of movie you recommend if anything like i think it's probably uh doing a podcast about it is probably, it's probably a good reason to do a podcast about it because it is one of those movies where like you feel kind of bad recommending it, but like doing an actual podcast about it, it's like, Hey, you don't ever have to see it. You could just like listen to me talk about what it is. Um, but I will say this unearth did do uh, a cool thing uh, for those who don't want to see the animal cruelty. There is a included in the Blu-ray is an animal cruelty free cut. Now I haven't watched it. Um, I don't know what they cut out, but apparently, I think I think the animal cruelty free cut is is still like an hour, and I think the movie itself is a little over an hour and twenty minutes, or something. I don't know how they kept that much, honestly, but but they did. Uh, so there is a version of this movie that you can watch that cuts out all of that 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 that, that stuff. Uh, but I will say this: the movie, the boss gets his comeuppance in the movie. But also, there's a fucking amazing sort of sequence where the fire brigade is called, which is what the architect tried to have happen the first time when they encountered the snakes at the the construction site before they actually built the place. Uh, But we get to see them finally come, and when they come, they come like a fucking army to fight these snakes. And then, like, they're doing a good job fighting these snakes until the fucking another giant boa constrictor because there was more than one apparently uh starts to fuck them up and then their response is a bunch of firemen uh in that in those sort of like a reflective uh like chemical suits with blow torches uh come in like 10 of them to do battle with blow torches against a giant fucking boa constrictor and it, it it's it's as fucking insane and as, as amazing as it sounds, um, the movie actually, uh, the, the boss is a piece of shit all the way to the end. Um, I will say this, uh, the wife is getting it to his wife who he, you know, who he claims to love and care about so much. Who's always trying to be the voice of reason throughout the movie at a, there's a moment where they're attacked by snakes in their room and, 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 uh, she's pretty much overwhelmed the, the boss has grabbed a fucking katana sword and is slicing snakes left and right in the air. And he kind of watches his wife basically get killed. 
and then she's like begging for him to help and he runs out because he's a fucking bastard piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that moment is very poignant. But again, trust me, he, he gets what he gets. Uh, he, he gets his, he gets, this movie ends in a satisfying way when it comes, when it comes to him. Um, I promise you that I won't, I won't spoil that, you know? Um, but again, it's weird because it's like, I know some of you aren't going to watch this movie and you're only going to listen to this episode. If you listen to this episode at all, which you should, you know what I'm saying? You should listen to all the episodes of Nermaeus. <laughs> uh, but I won't be presumptuous to assume everyone will. Uh, but if you made it this far um, and, and this isn't your thing, this episode can suffice. You know what I mean? I guess for you, you could just hear me talk about the movie as opposed to watching this movie. Um, but for those who are uh, going to take the plunge and watch a movie uh, like Calamity of Snakes. Um, yeah. Um, again, uh, I ho- hopefully I've explained to you uh uh, what you're what you're getting yourself in for um and I, I i again like i saw this movie and i just knew i was like these are the type of movies that even even for even if they're controversial even if they contain things that are sort of on their face morally objectionable um that is an element of art that is important has always been it's always been an important element of art and yes to call it a, 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 a vile sort of uh, sleazy kind of exploitation movie like this, uh, to call it art to some may seem like a, I don't know, a, a, a overreach by me or, 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 it, or just like complete completely un- inappropriate and, and, and not ap- applicable, right? But I, I, I beg to, I beg to differ. I disagree. Um, for better or for worse, uh, exploitation movies are art. I mean, uh, you could say they're low art. Um, I'm somebody who prides myself in not really, you know, personally making distinctions um, between high and low, even though I, I guess I am by talking about those distinctions, but I mean, to, to recognize that those are distinctions and that there are different types of movies. And, um, but I mean, when I say that, I, I, I just mean like that I don't, I view it all as art, both high and low. And I don't necessarily put high and low above one above the other. Um, and I think that there's merits to both and there's, you know, stuff that gets the label high art. That's fucking lesser than some of this sort of stuff that is, uh, deemed lower art. Um, and I think this, for if anything, this is a fascinating movie. Uh, just because it's, it is one of a kind. Um, and it does speak to uh, the cruelty of man. man. Um, and you do leave uh, or, or walk away from a movie like Calamity of Snakes feeling, um, and at least I did feeling conflicted, you know, uh, conflicted about it. Uh, and yeah, I think that that's really all you can ask for sometimes when you're watching a movie or taking in any kind of art. If it leaves you questioning, you know, 
not only yourself, but uh, the things around you, the world you live in, um, the society you live in. Um, so yeah, not going to recommend it. It doesn't feel like, uh, it doesn't feel like uh, the type of movie that you just say, check it out. Uh, don't check it out. But if you do decide to check it out, um, hit me and let me know what you thought about the uh, the, the mongoose scene. Um, you know, if, if, hit me on Twitter or, or, or social media. You know, in general, I'm, I'm on I'm on I'm on the, all the big social media sites for now. <laughs> I don't know why I am, um, but I am. Uh, the Discord there's a there's a there's a mutual admiration society Discord. Uh, uh, but feel free to hit me up. Um, and let me know if you did decide to, 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 to watch Calamity of Snakes. Let me know what your feelings and thoughts are about the movie overall. But specifically the mongoose scene and the scene with the Kung Fu Master versus the Boa Constrictor. And ultimately the final siege, the final battle of uh, the snakes versus humans at the uh, high-rise uh, condo uh, apartment complex um, that the movie... Uh, finishes on but yeah um, I'll be back next week uh, to talk about uh, another uh, insane movie maybe I'll switch it up and maybe I'll talk about a book I don't know I'm always reading books I'm always watching movies um, shit I might even talk about an album one of these days one of these episodes uh, but yeah uh, as always um, I do not know how to end podcast so it's over see you next time peace get our gospel nigga bitch you a snake in a condo First I gave you my trust when you gave me your word, then I gave you my honor. Should've known from that feeling I got from your eyes when you gave me your number. Should've known that you just a square back little bitch and you ain't about commas. Boy, you a hoe like Madonna. A big boss on the ground, but we know in real life that you really a runner. You ain't feeling your family, your people ain't straight, nigga, how you a hunter? Nigga, how you a hunter? Nigga, how you a stunner? Nigga, what about your mama? How she still in that Honda? How she still in the struggle? Nigga, how could you spend 60 on the boutique, but your baby in trouble? You got beef with her mama, but your baby need dollars. But that's not that kid problem. But he throwing racks in Harlem. He had in dreams, he ballin'. If he get a new number, he calling. See, your dick in these hoes is your problem. That's why you ain't got no way to solve it. Instead of handling your business, you stalling. Trying to get some new pussy, you childish. And these bitches no different. They making no better. They fucking for followers instead of cheddar. You got a man on like sending you letters. But you all in VIP trying to get with up. In my opinion, this shit be a setup. These bitches be loyal until they get hit up. Say they want truth, but they change when you tell them. At first she was good and she thought she was heaven. Until the one day she wake up looking seven. This was supposed to be a word by nine, but she didn't make it up till where I live in. You call her number and then got declined at least 20 times. Now you know it's hectic. She sent the text about being neglected. Now she's somewhere later square fucking naked.